When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is made possible through donations from listeners like you and our partners at Goalie Ashwa Gummies. You can find them at goalie.com. Use promo code the Show Up That Foundation to get 10% off your order. Zenderance Active Wellness and Sports Nutrition. Their products are designed to maximize your health. At Zenderance, they strive to support and have a positive impact on the wellness of every hardworking dad. Use my code the Show Up Dad and get 10% off your next purchase. For more info, go to www.zenderance.com. Tall Man Equipment, standing taller than the rest of the competition in Lyman Tools since 1952. Give them a follow at www.tallmanequipment.com. And last but not least, Adam Lane Smith. He is an attachment specialist who helps people to heal, connect, and build. Use my promo code SHOW, spelled S-H-O-W, for a 50% discount on his attachment boot camp course. Thank you. Welcome to the Show Up Dad podcast. I'm your host, David Madonka, and in this episode, we're going to explore the journey of raising good men with our special guest, Luke Entrope. Luke, a renowned expert in fatherhood and mentorship, shares invaluable insights on instilling core values, the importance of rites of passage for boys, and the unique challenges fathers face today. Join us as we discuss guiding our sons, breaking stereotypes, and building a support network. So Luke, we're so thrilled to have you on this podcast today. But before we dive into the topic of raising good men, I'd love to hear about your journey and how you came to find your purpose in working with sons and fathers, if you don't mind, brother. Yes. Well, I'm thrilled to be here, David. Thanks for having me. Love what you're up to. Love the show. Uh, yeah, my journey actually started 25 years ago, really. I, uh, I, My father... So I I, I kind of had some childhood dreams, some big dreams, and those dreams just no longer were the thing to do. And in my early 20s, I was spinning my wheels a bit. I was lost, lacking a bit of direction. When I was 22 years old, my father invited me to a men's weekend. Mm-hmm. And I'd never heard of a men's weekend. I didn't know what it was up, what what it, you know, what was happening. And but I just had an inclination that I'd like to spend the weekend with my dad in the woods. And I was surrounded by 80 men. And they took me through a very intense kind of rites of passage experience that had me really looking deeply at my own fears, doubts, hopes, dreams, and had me connecting to nature and speaking truth and doing some really difficult things. And that really fundamentally changed my direction in life. I left there with a greater sense of purpose, kind of had a sense that I knew I wanted wanted to help other people connect with their own sense of purpose walked out of there really just like a young man with, with my hair on fire. And, um, that was my really fundamentally, that was my initiation into manhood. I went in a boy, I came out a man and it changed my life forever. That's fundamentally what a rite of passage can be. It's a demarcation of, 
you know, one way of being into a new way of being. And that's been part of my mission ever since. Now, what are some of the stuff that you had to do while you were there in, in that rite of passage? I mean, I know there's so many different things throughout the world. I mean, you got the the Aborigines with their rite of passage, the walkabout, and you know, even the Jewish community that has the bar mitzvahs and stuff like that. So, what did you have to do while you're there? I'm kind of interested in that. Yeah, yeah, and you're right. Like these, this is this is kind of baked into our DNA, right? Like these, yeah. these ceremonial gatherings that that signify a transition from one phase of life into the next. Right. And, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, this one was the initiation into manhood, into healthy masculinity. So there was a real examination initially kind of a confrontation about all of the areas that I was out of integrity in my life, a really Mm -hmm. kind of, kind of sharp and, and in some ways harsh uh, confrontation of like looking deeply in the mirror with the presence of very powerful, you know, uh, kind, but fierce men. Um, and then there was a lot of, it was, it was a lot of self-reflection and kind of, uh, examination about where I'd hurt people, where I'd, where I'd, um, caused harm to where I, where I sold myself short or played small. Mm -hmm. And, and then some time out in nature, doing hard things, carrying heavy objects, helping buddies out, doing some of these like kind of, you know, um, team-based challenges that really, help you see how you show up in yeah. life, you know, the ways that you, that you play small out there, or you, you play selfish in, in these kind of ceremonial spaces is the way that you show up in life. So it was a real, uh, opportunity to look hard in the mirror in that way and to heal some wounds of the past, to get in touch with a, an actual mission statement, a purpose statement for my life and to connect to something greater than myself. And in this case, for me, it was just connecting to the beauty of the natural world and all the wonderment and awe that is available to me in any moment. Um, and then, like all great rite of passages, there was a ceremony where, uh, you know, I stood in front of the rest of the tribe, if you will, and yeah. it was de- declared like, "Now you're, now you're a man," you know. And mm-hmm. um, that for me was really the the profound thing to have that that thing that I think most young men and boys are looking for, which is a sense of belonging, a sense of like finding a tribe, finding a, a home where, you know, um, I can express myself, my full power, who I am and be a part of something. Right. And we see all the maladaptive ways that happens right in the culture so much. Uh, we're such social creatures and we see our young men doing just about anything. Yeah. to belong, right? And we see all the harm that can cause if it's not done well, if there aren't mentors and elders there to, to shepherd that process, um, all the ways that young men can, can you know, kind of get off uh, mm-hmm. off the rails and cause harm to others in the culture. So um, for me, that was a really pivotal point. And uh, uh, when I look back at my life, that's, you know, that was, that was the moment that was probably the most important. Mm-hmm. I like what you said that you know, as, as boys, as men, right. We're all looking to belong, right. To something greater. Um, I had a past guest on here who talked he's a a CIA, um, operative and, uh, his name is Tony Savio. And he talked about how a lot of the young men that the terrorist organizations were pulling from the, the gene pool that they're not gene pool, the, uh, the, the area that they're pulling from to get these recruits were from young boys who didn't have a father, 
or who had lost their father or their father walked out, right? And they felt like they needed to belong. So here is this entity that is really just preying on these kids, this need that's in these young boys, right? And they're using it for, for evil, not for good. They're recruiting these young men. And I also see that even with gangs. You know, I had a, another past guest talking about the gangs of L.A., you know, and how he was very, um, he is very apt to join the gang because he saw that the, the, the accolades that they gave to the young men, you know, like, Hey man, you're, you're with us now. You're, you belong, you fit with us, right? Whatever. You know what I mean? And he said he was very, very drawn to that. And he, a lot of boys are because why we need that rite of passage. We need to feel like we are needed, like we're part of something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So this deep drive in humans to be initiated into something, into a, mm -hmm. a community, a tribe, we'll, we will go to great lengths to find it. And we see it in, you know, gang initiations. We see it in climbing the corporate ladder. We see it in fraternity hazing. It has all of these different, um, you know, manifestations, but at the core, it's, it's about belonging. So what do we do? Like, what's the you know, what's the way to foster a healthy sense of belonging? Mm -hmm. And in my mind, you know, there's a couple of ingredients that can be really important in that. Um, the first is mentorship and elderhood, like being exposed to, in this case, if we're talking about raising good men, other men who have, you know, that are connected to their own sense of power, that are trustworthy, that are available, that mm -hmm. there's just like an availability for, for uh, to help shepherd them. And the other, if possible, related to this is a father figure. It doesn't mm -hmm. need to be the biological father, but some form of a father figure. And that's really where my work has been is to click in a bit on that. Like, how do you, how do you enhance and cultivate a strong father son connection or father figure with the boy um, what are the elements? What does that look like to have um, a really nourishing yet powerful and fierce connection between a father and a son so that uh, he he's the one when there's some when there's that need for belonging and that need for pushing off that the father can be there to help kind of shepherd that a bit. So, mm -hmm. And I've seen throughout the ages and, and just through scripture and through everything, right, it's always the father that needs to reach out right it, it, there's there's something about that dynamic where the father is humbling himself to reach out to the children right that's what i've seen um i've known past uh uh people that i've dealt with and stuff like that and they're like why doesn't my father reach out why doesn't you know and these are those father wounds right and mm -hmm. they're always asking why doesn't he reach out he doesn't reach out and then i talk to the father and the father's like well why doesn't he reach out to me and it's like, man, you're the father, you're the lead. When you go away and you go to wherever you're going to go, you're going to have to answer for the way you led your family. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we trace this back to the beginning, right, to when a, a son is born into a family and mm -hmm. they're, they're just a, an infant, if you've looked into the eyes of an infant, you've seen nothing but possibility, right? Yeah. And looking out through the eyes of a newborn the parents are, or these parental figures are the face of the divine, right? They are the, the gods, you know, they are the, they are the face of God and, and, and 
there's so much um, vulnerability and need in the early yeah. days. And, you know, at some point there's a shift where our kids get old enough and we see them as, as kind of peers in a way, or they, that like, uh, uh, they start showing up more as adults, but that, that projection of looking in our parents' faces and seeing the divine that never really fully goes away. And so I think you're right in that, um, it requires the parent to be the one that's really responsible for the health of relationship, even if it means I, uh, either take the blame for something that's not fully mine to take, or I take a hundred percent responsibility for something that's happened in the relationship when I know full well that, you know, mm -hmm. responsibility could be taken on the other side. That's just, that's just parenting in my opinion. Right. Not to say we don't have boundaries, but I do think the, yeah. the, the Buddhists have this phrase, they say, drive all blames into one, right? It's a great parenting adage. It means, you know, in a moment of conflict, let me be the one where I absorb the the pain of the relationship, the blame, so that we can get beyond it and and find some sort of new alignment, right? So mm -hmm. that's certainly been one of the challenges in my own parenting is to find those moments of vulnerability and connection and say, hey, I'm sorry about that. What do we need to do to move on? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, can you share your perspective on what it means to raise a good man in today's society? Sure. Love to. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a few elements, right? I would say one of the main ingredients is power and sensitivity, right? Mm -hmm. A sense of, of helping each young man find their unique contribution, their unique sense of power, how, what they're here to do, even if it's not fully formed, but just helping them connect to their unique essence, and I would just call this power, personal power, power, not in the, me the sense of like power over someone, but power in the sense of, a, of being alive in their life and being um, alive in, in their impact and just being able to do bold things. The second ingredient is sensitivity. We mm -hmm. often think of, you know, this is one of those, I would say, errors in our culture that we think of sensitive as weak. A good man is sensitive. He understands yeah. his impact. He's sensitive to how he moves through the world. He feels, he doesn't just see and, and conquer. He feels, he, he senses. There's a way of having one eye out on the world, but also one eye in around his own emotions, his own um, fears and doubts and hopes and dreams. So mm -hmm. cultivating a sense of knowing um I have my power and I know how to use it mm -hmm. and I know how to use it well without, you know, without causing harm. Um, I think those are two pretty important ingredients in raising good men. And that's kind of how I orient a lot of my work is, is yeah. teaching from those two pillars. Another way to think about this might just be integrity, right? Yeah. Having a high level of alignment between what I say I'm going to do and what I do. Right. And being mm. really, really clear about, you know, my relationships or my work or, you know, whatever it is mm -hmm. and, and cultivating that sense of integrity in, in, in our boys and our young men. Yeah, for sure. Well, also what you're doing there too, is you're teaching them that 
when you're in alignment like that, you're not preaching a message that is confusing to them. I think right now, more than ever, more people are confused because their parents are saying one thing and doing another. You know how much confusion that causes a young man and his identity and his purpose, you know, it's, it's crazy. So yeah, they do watch us. They watch everything. And by being someone that they want to emulate by being that better version of yourself, right. And being congruent with, with your words, with your deeds, it's going to be really more impactful than just telling them, Hey, you need to do this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe three of the most powerful words we can use as a parent Mm -hmm. possibly might be, I am sorry. Right. Like being, being open to being honest and truthful and transparent when we make mistakes that we don't have it all figured out. And if I, man, my goodness, I've, I've, I've made many mistakes as a parent. Right. And I think about some of the most kind of honest, raw, tender, powerful moments I've had with my kids have been when I've said, Hey, I've really messed up there. I shouldn't have said that. I am so sorry. This is what was happening for me. You know, I'll do better next time. And it just opens up for them the possibility that they can make mistakes and they don't Mm -hmm. have to be perfect and we're figuring it out together. Um, But there's like a, in that, I think there's like a, an emotional connection and availability that we're, Mm -hmm. that we're making possible, which I think is really important because if, uh, if we think our, you know, if we think if our parents are saying they never make a mistake and then we we see them falling short every which way, there's, Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of trust there. No, for sure. And you see that even with adults when they can't take accountability at all or they can't mm-hmm. take correction, right? I mean, they, yeah. you know, you, we see that all the time, you know, and when we're actually emulating that to our kids and we're big enough and strong enough to come to them and be like, hey, man, daddy made a mistake. We're just training them. They, that's all our children are there. They're there for training. Discipline is actually training. And that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We are training them. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And so this is where it's important that, you know, we're doing our own training, right? That mm-hmm. we, we have a growth mindset as well. And we're in a, in a process of constantly uh, improving ourselves and checking ourselves and, and really, again, like one eye out on how we're showing up as a parent and one eye in around our own reactivity, our own um, habitual patterns, the ways that we check out as parents you know, mm-hmm. I think it's important that, you know, that, that we're in our own training, whatever that looks like. And of course I have my own, I have a way that I do that for myself and work with my yeah. clients around that. But it's, I think it's just important no matter what it is that there's some sort of, you know, kind of daily practice and daily routine that helps us stay clear inside. Yeah, for sure. I wanted to go back Luke a little bit to, you said something about sensitivity and I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Um, we are, we, since the beginning, we've always taught our kids to don't cry. Tough guys don't cry, you know, get up, dust yourself off, get in the game, kid. Right. But what we've shown them is that it's not okay to have those emotions. And that's part of that sensitivity you're talking about. Another part of the sense of sensitivity that I see also is what I call my dad's superpower, which is me, right? It's being able to be sensitive to the atmosphere that's around us right because as fathers we're called to be providers protectors presiders right and 
when we're put in that position, we need to be sensitive to the things that are around us, sensitive to things that could cause harm, sensitive to all these different aspects in life, right? Yeah. And I, that, that, so to me, being sensitive is not only just showing your emotions and being able to say, hey, man, dad made a mistake and being able to, to you know, show our kids that, but also being sensitive to the things that are going on, sensitive to their own emotions as well. Because if we're, we don't have that sensitivity, right, that sensor, right, mm-hmm. then we are going to miss out when our kids are really struggling with something. I don't know how Sorry. many fathers I've talked to. Where they're like, oh yeah, my kid's good. He's good to good to go. And then a week later, that kid's attempting suicide. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I never knew. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, how good was your level of sensitivity? You know, were you really in tune with them? Yeah. Yeah. So well said. So, you know, one of it, so here's a tool around that, right? So mm-hmm. emotional awareness. Um, when we see our sons or any our our kids come to us and you just you feel something's a little off or they're showing some sort of emotion you know Mm -hmm. maybe they're younger and they're they are crying or they're they're is helping them name what's happening helping them develop the language so are you feeling sad right now like you Mm -hmm. sad something happened are you feeling angry perhaps you're afraid you know just giving them some options and helping them begin to name and so we're kind of like this external function that's helping them develop that internal observer that can build the skill of naming emotions and yes. naming naming what's happening. So different textures of emotions. It seems like you're really excited right now. Is Are you afraid about something? Are you happy? Um, so that's one thing, one thing we can do, right? Is just help build the EQ muscle. Now, I think it's really important when we talk about sensitivity, right? And cultivating sensitivity, mm-hmm. this doesn't mean that we are cultivating collapse. There's a big difference between, you know, being able to name an emotion, feel an emotion, and and not and still do hard things, mm-hmm. right? Or using our sensitive, our sensitivity and our awareness to then not do hard things to to collapse to not follow through so there's a way in which especially as fathers we hold that structure we hold that that the kind of the spine right and Mm -hmm. you know the posture there is feeling the emotion and and doing it anyway right i can i can think of this this time in my own i don't think you would mind me sharing so my son he he loves racing and he loves go-kart racing right and he something happened with the car. He didn't get off the line very quickly, and he just got passed in this very important race, passed by like four cars. And he had to catch back up. And he thought he should have won the race, and he didn't. Didn't get on the podium. And he got out of the car, and he was really ticked off, and he was sad, and he was crying, and he wanted to just leave. And so I just I pulled him outside for a minute, and I you know I said, oh man, that's you know such a bummer. It seems like you're really feeling mad right now, and you're sad. And you're maybe a little concerned about what this means. And, and he's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I just want to go home. And I said, actually, we're going to go cheer on the podium, your buddies that made it on the podium, and then we'll go home. Right. And so he, he felt the emotion. He came back in, he still had tears in his eyes, but he cheered for his buddies. And then we laughed. Right. Yeah. And that's like an example, I think of, 
you know, we, we feel the emotion, but then we still do the hard thing about showing up. We're not going to just collapse and peace out. Um, that's in my mind, that's, that's kind of how we teach sensitivity in a way that, Mm -hmm. um, still is tied to power and strength. And in a sense, that's kind of a rite of passage, right? Yeah. 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 In a way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And then we can talk about, I mean, you know, there are certain elements around rites of passage that make them particularly potent and powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and if we think about them historically, right, where birth is a big rite of passage, obviously. And then in a child's life, there's a few other big ones, which like, you know, weaning and like, you know, the sleep training phase, that's pretty big. Going to school, you know, that we often celebrate the first day of school. But the next major rite of passage, if you, those that have really studied these themes across the world and across humans, like the next big one is the passage from childhood into adolescence. So from about 10 to 13, okay, where, um, where it's very much becomes about belonging to some sort of team, club, tribe, and developing some level of mastery. So this is where you see a lot of sports <laughs> click in or bands or, you know, the theater or um, where you get really good, ideally something in your body. And, um, there's a bit of an individuation. There's another very big one that happens in the late teens, and that's the initiation into adulthood, which is different mm-hmm. than this adolescent one. Um, so what are some good elements around giving these kids a chance to really experience that full power of a transition from one of these phases to the next? I'm a big fan of getting them out into the wild, into the wilderness, get them out into the wonderment and awe and the terror and the beauty of the natural world because nature becomes its own character in their experience of this transition, get Mm -hmm. them around other really good men. So other fathers, other boys and do some training. So we Mm do a, we do a lot of like martial arts and meditation and jumping in cold water. and, And, you know, we send them out with their dads for at least an hour or two every day, just out into the wild. Mm -hmm. And these are some of the ingredients. I think, you know, there's like a, an examination of their own uh, doubts and fears and, and more importantly, an examination of who they want to become, which at that age, 10 to 14 is super important. It's all about kind of healthy ego identity. Who am I becoming? So that's, you know, that's in my mind, those are the ingredients of a really, good rite of passage at that age. There's another kind of um, recipe for the late teen initiation into manhood. You know, that's a, that's a separate thing. Better done, not with your father, <laughs> if at all possible. Go out with uncles and mentors because there's a lot more individuation that happens at that stage. Um, so, And the, just the bonding that takes place too in the wilderness like that, because it's zero distractions, right? You know, more of these devices. I believe, I believe that uh, devices are a really good tool, right? But, you know, when you spend too much time on them, the algorithms and, and, and everything that's out there states that you're going to become addicted to them. Social media use and drugs are the only things where the end users are called users. Mm-hmm. So that's how addicting that is, Right. So when we get them away, we get them in the boonies, we put them in a place where they're having to cultivate and use their imagination, 
uh, be around strong men, mentors, right? Someone that they could emulate. And they're out there just running around free. You know what I mean? It does wonders to a soul. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's deep. It's really yeah. deep. It, it, um, it does wonders for the soul, for the boys, for the dads. It does wonders for the connection between the two of them. You know, it's mm-hmm. really like we're we're installing lifetime memories, really. I mean, that's fundamentally what happens. And I think this is honestly, this is mm-hmm. one of our main jobs as fathers. Yes. Uh, it is to cultivate a sense of adventure. It is to cultivate a sense of wonderment and awe. It's to snap them out of their small, myopic, everyday places, patterns, ways of being, and to pull them out of that every once mm-hmm. in a while and give them some new experience. It does not mean that we need to buy some big expensive trip around the world, although that can work too. It can be as simple as like going camping for a weekend and and getting off the grid and leaving the cell phones at home or in the car. Mm-hmm. And um, that does so much to just, I mean, it's they're so hungry for it. They're so hungry yes. for it. Their souls, even if they say, you know, I need my phone. Mm-hmm. Once that Once that detox happens, which doesn't take long in kids- you mm-hmm. see, you just see how much, how hungry they are for, for it. I'm just, I, um, you know, I asked my son recently, he's, he's 12. I said, you know, we've got, what's the one thing you and I have to do together this year? Like, just give me the thing for you that would be important for us to stay connected this year. Mm-hmm. And he said, we, we need to do one backpacking trip. It's the most important thing for me is to get off the grid for five nights with you in the wild and not have to worry about anything else other than finding beautiful places and cooking our food. And I mean, that's his thing. That is like his high holiday. That is his whole year with me. That's, there's nothing more important than those five days to him. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, we could have done a lot of other things, kind of gone to the city, you know, some big city trip or whatever. Nope. He wants to unplug and be in the wild. And I think that's probably pretty common. And once kids i know it's common once kids start to get a taste of that they want more of it yeah for sure my uh my youngest son i asked him what do you want to do because we we always go on vacations and trips and uh you know our transition from living in rural new mexico where we had a big farm and stuff like that to uh southern california we haven't had really any mountain time at all right because i grew up rambunctious in the mountains you know hunting Mm -hmm. and fishing and stuff yeah and um, that was one of the things that my 11 year old asked me, he's like, dad, can we go camping? So I was like, all right, man, we're going to start going camping again, you know, and I bought a new truck and stuff like that. But I wanted to read you something real quick. I, I mm. just kind of, kind of mm. saw this. I, and when we're talking and talking about being out in the wilderness and, and growing with our fathers and stuff like that, there was something, I lost my brother in 2020. Mm. He's my younger brother. Um, it was something uh, sudden that happened to him. But right before he left, he wrote this beautiful letter, man. And I, I just want to read it out real quick, okay? Hmm. Um, and he talks about how, and granted, this is in 2020, so there was a COVID and stuff that was happening. But he says, in the time of uncertainty, I reflect on memories I am thankful for. There's many, like falling in love with my best friend, my three beautiful girls that always keep me on my toes, my mother who is always there to give me the love and reassurance that only a mother can give, my brother, who I call at the butt crack of dawn just to make sure he and his family are okay. My sis, who I admire and respect, she has all the will power that could only be admired. 
to my mother-in-law and father-in-law who always make me and my family feel welcomed and loved. And as I sit here in God's country, gazing up at the moonlight, I remember the memories that have really penetrated my soul. And it's funny how I've forgotten thousands of my days as if I have never lived them. Excuse me. <clears throat> but I remember every day on the mountain with my dad. The sights, the smells, the sounds of screaming bull elk, and most of all the things we said to each other and the knowledge and life lessons that he is engraved in my heart. Wow. So I just wanted to share that because that was something that he uh, he had written and he was only able to experience that during those times, you know what I mean? Where he was unplugged in the forest alone with his father. Yeah. So what a gift, what a gift your father gave him. Right. So yeah, it's, uh, this is everything that, you know, the best of what we can offer as fathers. What a beautiful tribute. My goodness. So touching. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, and I, I didn't mean to put that on there, but I saw that and I was like, man, what a, what an opportunity to just be able to share that with everyone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Powerful, power piece, powerful piece of writing as well. Yeah. And mm. I, you know, I think the sentiment there, right. Is that um, it's one thing to kind of like, there's something deeper than just like taking in the view that he's yeah. speaking to. Right. There's something about like, we go on a drive and we see a nice view. There's something so much deeper that he wrote about there about the what it meant to take in the beauty of the divine God's country and and um, that connection to his father and that's what these non ordinary moments can provide when we really strip away the screens and take the time to slow down and let our nervous systems adjust and let our eyes adjust to a different pace and find all these big grand moments and the tiny little things in nature that will evoke a sense of wonderment. So it's beautiful. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. I appreciate that, Luke. Um, speaking about these rites of passage, right? How is it that like, like, what are you doing for your tribe now? Like, I know you're, you put out this, this organization, um, you're doing some amazing things with it. Like, what are some of the things that you're doing with your guys? And what are the transformations that you've seen through that process with yeah. the men you're working with? Yeah, yeah. Happy to share a little bit about it. So, yeah, we're doing a program called the Father-Son Connection Experience. So mm -hmm. it's 10 to 14-year-old boys and their father figures. And we do a weekend, um, as I've described, basically, right? Take them out into the wild. Usually we're staying in like, cabins at night and, mm -hmm. and do some work inside, like some kind of self-reflection -ref work, but a lot of time, a lot of time outside and some, you know, connection to nature and getting a sense of who they are and what their strengths are. Um, so this is like a weekend program. Um, we do a ceremony on the last night that marks their passage from childhood into adolescence. Mm -hmm. And we've, we've, we've named this the passage into training as a warrior. So a lot of the framing we use is, you know, what is a, what are the elements of a good man and what are the elements of a warrior? What is a, How does a warrior show up? A little different than a soldier, right? A yeah. warrior is connected to his heart. He has that sensitivity, moves through the world with a sense of power 
And so we do some things like martial arts and meditation and yoga and some of that type of warrior training. And then, um, but a lot of time is spent in conversation and dialogue between the son and the father figure. And um, this is a weekend program. We've got several on the books and um, yeah, some of the impact, I mean, you know, I was just talking to uh, a couple, you know, a, a father son duo last week. And, um, you know, they were just saying that they have just it, the, they felt more connected over since the experience where there's mm -hmm. just a little less tension between them. They've still had their moments, but less tension and they just kind of bounce back to each other a little easier. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was just a, it, there's something in the naming of like, you're no longer a child. You're now into adolescence mm -hmm. that I think instills a sense of, um, confidence in the young boys and the boys and their, their sense of who they are and kind of who they are in their body. I heard from one of the moms, <laughs> she said, he told me that he's now a warrior in training and that he needs more freedom and <laughs> freedom from me and more, <laughs> more, you know, kind of flexibility around the boundaries, uh, which I thought was funny, but underneath that, you know, there's, there's some truth to that around, like they're entering into this phase of early teenage years where they are very much exploring freedom and a sense of individuation. And, um, so to hopefully have more tools to do that in a healthy way. So, and we'll have some, we have some that come back and help staff, which is really fun. Mm -hmm. Um, so you've know, got this kind of growing tribe. So where do you guys, uh, where does this take place? Is it different areas or you guys have one designated area for this or. Yeah, we've got one coming up in at the end of September, this year, okay. 2023 in Colorado, um, mm -hmm. near Estes Park. And then we've got, uh, several, I live in, uh, Sonoma County in California, Northern California. So we've got several near me in North of the Bay area, uh, that we'll do in 2024, um, mm -hmm. in Lake, Lake County up on Cobb mountain. It's this exquisitely beautiful property in, uh, Northern California. So, mm -hmm. And do you have different themes each time or is it uh, like say the warrior theme, right? It's do pretty much, yeah. For this program, this is okay. the theme. This theme is the father son connection experience. It's very much about like improving and strengthening the bond between the boys and their father figures. So some of them, okay. their bio, their bio dads aren't around. So they have some sort of father figure. We even have guys that are willing to stand in and be kind of like a stunt dad. Um, and just for this retreat, for those that don't have a father figure, we've got a couple of really amazing guys that, that do that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the theme of like warrior and training, that's this program. I do some other work with men, mm -hmm. um, and dads that, you know, we, we go a lot of different directions with that, but for this program, it's, it's just that. For those who can't afford the program or can't make it to the program or, whatever, you know, the guys that are listening right now, um, what are certain things that they can do to run their kids through some sort of rite of passage, right? We know it's not just predicated to going through, exactly. through a, a deal or whatever, but like, what are some things, like some ideas that you can share with our audience on how they can implement a rite of passage for their sons? I, this is, this I think is the most important question you've asked. I, I, I really, I, I, this is what I want to talk about, right? Because we can, obviously you can go with an expert like me, a guide and have 
you know, a certain experience that will be good and powerful and deep, but there is so much we can do as fathers to honor this transition, you know, these various transitions over the lifetime. So the main thing in my mind is get them, as I've said, get them out of their everyday reality mm-hmm. and then go in with a high level of curiosity. So it's almost like you're going in interviewing your, your son, right? So one of the things we do in these experiences is we have an hour to two hours every day where it's just the dad and the son walking in the woods and we'll give them prompts. So one day it's the son interviewing the dad. The next day it's the dad interviewing the son and there's, you know, we'll send them off with some questions if they need it. But, you know, it's, you know, it's so for the son, it's, you know, here's where some areas that do you have any regrets? Are you proud of something you've done? What's it? What does being a man mean to you? Um, you know, what do you remember about being my age? You know, the, so that's a whole list of questions. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, on the flip side, the dad is just really trying to understand what happens when you're stressed, when you're afraid, when you're not at your best, when you're in your reactive pattern, really help me understand what some of your concerns are in your life. Mm-hmm. And who are you dreaming to become? What type of man do you want to be? It's less about, I want to be a doctor. It's more about, you know, I have a passion to really help people or Mm -hmm. I have a passion to, you know, make my mark and be successful in a certain way. There's, you know, trying to understand the essence and the values beneath the surface level. And really, because at this age, who knows what they will become and how they will make money. And for most of us, we have many careers over our lifetime anyway, but to be grounded in some core values and to really, as as fathers, that's one of the things we can do is help them identify their unique essence and kind of draw that out of them. So they mm-hmm. they ident- start identifying with these characteristics rather than being confused about who they are and then mm-hmm. trying to sort it out through all these maladaptive ways that we've talked about. Um, some element of challenge. This should not be easy. If you're going to go, you know, backpack and carry everything you need, you know, put 40, 30 pounds on his back, tell him he has to carry his own food and water and his own sleeping bag. And then you carry the tent and the stove and your water and bag and go out for a few days. If you're car camping, you know, go on a very long, rigorous hike. I have a rule with my kids when we're out hiking and they love, they love to hike. So they'll do this. But anytime we cross water, we have to stop and get in no matter how cold it is. And let me tell you out here in the Sierras, that water oh, yeah. gets that water gets really cold. So we bring our swimsuits. It doesn't matter if it's this water is surrounded by ice. You got to get your head under the water. And there's something about that cold exposure and cold plunge that just it's training the nervous system that I can do hard things. I can do hard things. I know I don't want to do this. Everything in my body says don't do this, but I get in and when I get out, I feel so much better and I feel so much more invigorated and I've done something challenging. So there's an element about you know Joseph Campbell who who wrote about the arc of the hero right the hero's journey he looked yeah. at all the myths around the world and found this common thread of the hero's journey there's three stages the separation which is dividing ourselves from the comforts of home mm-hmm. the ordeal that's the doing the hard thing that's the slaying the dragon that's the you know facing uh you know that's Luke Skywalker facing Darth Vader it's it's yeah. Neo kind of, you know, doing his work to kind of unplug from the matrix and, mm-hmm. and 
you know, slay his dragon, or it's facing our own doubts and fears in our own heart and mind. And then the third phase is the return. So there really needs to be an element of an ordeal, something challenging, some being with discomfort. So, mm-hmm. and then of course, yeah, I mean, just obviously like being in the natural world because we learn so much from mm-hmm. what happens outside of the city and the comforts of our homes. Man, it's crazy because he went around there, this author you're talking about, he went around and they all had that common theme, right? I like you said about the separation because biblically it says that a man needs to leave his parents and cleave to his wife. So I can see the similarities there, you know what I mean? Because there it was a rite of passage kind of, you know what I mean? Because no longer are you underneath the care and protection of the family, but now you're taking on a responsibility to someone else that you need to care and protect, mm-hmm. you know, from your learnings, from your upbringing, what you've learned. You know, so now you're going on to a different aspect of your life per se. You know what I mean? So uh, that's right. And that, that map, that is a rite of passage, right? Going from one way of being into the next, from one phase into the next. I mean, we look at this, you know, 40 days and 40 nights in the desert, right? That's Mm -hmm. quite an, that's quite an ordeal. Yeah. He faced his own doubts and fears and that is the, like, that is the ultimate ordeal. And then we see, you know, the return on the other side. So, um, yeah, this, this model, I, if people don't know it, definitely mm-hmm. check out the work of Joseph Campbell, the hero's journey. It's a really wonderful map around how human transformation can happen, how we can evolve into the next version of ourself. Mm, I like that Joseph Campbell. Yeah. I need to check that out. Um, one of the books that I always read and I really liked was John Eldridge's wild at heart. Mm-hmm. If you're familiar with his work and uh, man, he talked about how kind of similar. He talked about how we all need to have that dragon to slay, right? A crux, right? Mm-hmm. We need to be able to have these challenges in our life. You know what I mean? To challenge. And I think a lot of times, even with men, you know, they have these midlife crisis, right? So they need to go get the fancy car or they need to leave their wives or whatever. You know what I mean? It's because they need to challenge themselves. They need to know that they still got it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, that's an unhealthy way, right? It, or it could be an unhealthy way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, this is, this is where, you know, we've talked a lot about what this means for, for boys. Right. But there's mm-hmm. this path of initiation extends through the whole lifetime. And if we didn't get, which most of us did not get, I'm kind mm-hmm. of rare. I got this at 22. If we didn't get that rite of passage and like surround ourselves by really incredible men that are living lives of purpose and passion and giving back to their community and protectors and providers, if we didn't get that, then we will constantly look for it later mm-hmm. in life. And the some of what you're describing is how that that will unfold. Right. So it's never too late. I think one of the most, for me, one of the most important elements of my parenthood is my men's group and the men I surround myself with. Mm -hmm. Um, I constantly need a place where I can off gas all the tension of being a parent, being in a relationship. I need to be, I need to be both supported and challenged by other really, you know, kind of high level men that, that value things like integrity and accountability and their own emotional awareness and their own growth mindset in looking at how healing their own past. So they're not showing up in these kind of shadowy ways. Mm -hmm. So 
surrounding myself and regularly putting myself in, you know, in a circle or in a, in a group with other men that I trust has been critically important. And this doesn't just mean like cracking a beer and watching the game, nothing wrong yeah. with that. It means, it means taking an hour a week or, a, you know, a day a month or, a you know, a week, a week, a year to go super deep with some dudes that I really trust that have my back and are going to call mm -hmm. me out on my own shadows and shortcomings, but also elevate my game in my life. Yeah, for sure. You know, you definitely need that tribe to surround yourself with what my old man used to always tell me is like, I'll tell me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you are. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So you are definitely going to be a part of that, that, that uh, group of people, you know what I mean? So hopefully they're there to elevate you. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And there's discernment there on our part, right? Like if we feel, you know, sometimes we have to let go of relationships, buddies, yes. because we just feel like they're not, they're not, um, they're not going to support our highest expression of this new phase of life. And, it, you know, it takes effort. I think in my coaching, you know, one of the things I, it's, it's this strange theme that just always shows up, which is mm -hmm. especially in men, like arriving into a place of working with a coach where they, you know, one of the things we work on often is like finding new friends. It's mm. this interesting thing, right? Somebody that's in a growth mindset and is, is wants to be a better father, wants to be a better husband, wants to be more, you know, impactful in their work. There's this up leveling around who they're spending their time with. And it takes effort to go out and find new buddies that, you know, are going to have your best interest and are going to support you. And more importantly, challenge you. There's this adage, uh, this, this author that I love, David Data, he talks about men grow through challenge, mm -hmm. where he says the masculine, and the feminine grows through praise, right? So surrounding yourself with men who are going to challenge you, challenge you to become a better version of yourself, that's how we grow the best, basically. Mm -hmm. And that has been so true for me in my life, you know, getting that hard feedback from somebody that I really trust Oh, that will do so much more for me than, than somebody pointing out, when I, you know, praising me for something I've done. So, yeah, for sure. And then I like that you said, you know, uh, challenge, get around someone that challenged you. Right. Um, that leads to my next question of what advice you have for fathers who may be struggling with their own personal challenges. And I'll give you an example. Um, I know this man who had some sons and they're Eagle Scouts and they went on a trip um, to the Grand Tetons, right? And they're going to do this kayaking and stuff like that. Well, the father had lost his own father, right? So he didn't really know how to cultivate those skills of, of being in the wilderness, making a fire and stuff like that. So he chose not to go for fear of being found out, right? That mm -hmm. he didn't know. So his mother, who was raised in this outdoor element who knew what camping is and hunting and fishing and stuff like that. She actually had to take that role, mm -hmm. you know? And um, I talk to their sons every now and then, and they remember that they remember mm -hmm. that mom had to step into that role. You know what I mean? And it was, it's, it's a, it's a sensitive subject for them. Right. But uh, how can you help those fathers who struggle with those insecurities like that? Yeah. Well, you know, I think, I mean, first of all, I think we all just do the best we can, right? Yeah. And and I hope over time that they, you know, they feel that he was probably while they didn't get exactly what they wanted from him, yeah, he he, you know, he was doing the best he could, 
with what he had. Um, so some, you know, maybe some, some grace there. Um, yeah. and, but yeah, so th- this, I, I have many buddies and friends whose fathers were not present and, you know, there's, I think we, you know, if we all, it's kind of back where we started, which is if we can just be in a process of like with our children of figuring it out, mm-hmm. the thing that kids want more than anything else is to feel the love and the presence of their parents. Yes. That is the North star here, loving presence. And that can take many different forms and shapes and the, the effort <laughs> of going out camping and like, you know, getting off the grid, you know, doing it obviously in a safe way, but just that effort, even if you're fumbling and bumbling, all kids want to feel is that look in your eye that you're proud of them, that you love them, that you've got your back, that you're not going to put up with their nonsense. That's the, that's the thing that they're so hungry for that they will do just about anything to get. And when they don't get it, they will go try to find it somewhere else. Um, so, you know, as far as like learning the backcountry skills and all that, that just comes with time. Um, mm-hmm. I would say orient any sort of experience that you're going to set up so that you have those moments, whether it's around the fire or or around a fireplace, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're going to do a glamping where there's nothing else but that wonderful eye contact, that high level of curiosity, and just that availability of the heart that... um that I think we all, we all crave as humans, but we especially crave it. We especially crave it from our, from our parents. Um, I don't know if that answered your question, but yeah, for sure. I just think that that's the North star in all of this. Yes. No, I couldn't agree with you more, Luke. Um, And for you fathers who are listening, man, just don't beat yourself up. If you can't do certain things, you know, it's just you trying and putting in that effort is what they're going to actually see and respect. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't got to be perfect. You know, I don't know how many vacations I've went on where I wanted it to be perfect. And I actually ruined it because I was so concerned about the perfection in that atmosphere, right? That I ruined everything, you know, and it was something that I yep. needed to realize and work on, you know, so just be there. Our presence is the presence. You know? That's right. Yeah. I mean, as, as fathers, right. There's this, there's this framing where we're in some ways we are the leader of the family. You know, mm-hmm. you can make the case that anybody's really leading, but in a way we're the leaders of the family. So lead the family to depth, depth mm-hmm. of connection, depth of loving presence, lead your family to moments when you clear out the distractions, you protect the family from all the things that can get in the way of having those slow meaningful deep moments of curiosity about each other and that initiate your children into you know a healthy adulthood in my opinion Mm. man i couldn't agree with you more luke thank you once again for coming on here and sharing all your wisdom and knowledge with us i know that's going to help a lot of our guests and our listeners luke um i'd like to give you this opportunity now for you to share if people are interested um, and how to get with you and, and stuff like that, man. So, yeah. Please. Yeah. So we've, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. The website for our rite of passage program is fathersonconnection.com. We've, as I mentioned, we've got several events coming up. Um, you can also find me 
uh, on my own podcast called Crazy Wisdom, where we explore a lot around the personal development um, space and relationships. It's geared a bit towards men. So it's a bit of a men's podcast. Uh, and um, perhaps some of your listeners might like to find me over there. So those are two great ways to get in touch. Feel free to reach out. And um, yeah. Right on, Luke. Yeah, absolutely. Once again, thank you for coming on here. And uh, we appreciate you. And we'll be talking to you soon, brother. Thank you so much.